0: Welcome to Shooting the Breeze, and we are live. And joining us is our New Zealand team, Lyndon Moore and Maya Williamson. They're here to talk about what's happening in the Olympic qualifying tournaments, not only for New Zealand, but also they're going to touch on what's happening for the Opals, and who knows what else is going to come out. Lyndon, Maya, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. First Kiwi duo part of twenty twenty
1: four. Very pumped. Team here. is back. Exciting. <laughs> So excited. Oh man, so I guess where do we start, Maya? We've got a lot oh. to talk about.
2: It's been a big night already. It's only only day one, but there's, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Um, we, the Opals had a good win. Lyndon.
1: Yeah, so the Opals did pretty well. I mean, I guess it's, I'm a little surprised that it probably wasn't a larger margin of victory for them, but you know what? Kudos to them, but and also kudos to the Brazil team because yeah. they did not Give up easily, so yeah. I think that just if anything, this game is one of many that just shows that anything can happen, and that all teams are qualified for a reason. Yeah, and you never know what's going to happen.
2: It's obviously pretty pretty cutthroat, and the the big goal is obviously the Olympics. So teams are going to put everything on the line. And yeah, I was pretty surprised when I saw Australia only won by five, and based on what you know the coaches and um, players' statements were afterwards, they kind of knew that they needed to, like, step it up after that, um, you know, in order to win. Like, they've got some big games coming up, you know. Uh, was it Germany and Serbia? Yeah. So, you know, those are some pretty tough teams. So, um, they, I think they have to be better. But it's always good to, like, still get a, a scrappy win, you know, just to start your tournament off right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, nothing, I guess, really kind of compares to the momentum and then the confidence more so that you build – when you have a big game like that, you know, hopefully with a winning result Um, and in the Opals' case that went across the line, you know, top players, I mean, Izzy, absolutely dominant. She just, she plays a lot older, plays like she's a lot older than she actually is.
2: She's two years older than me, which is ridiculous. I'm sitting on my bed talking about her and she's dropped 18 points in Olympic (laughs) qualifiers.
1: I mean, she Actually, she's been a WNBA for ages, as she has been, um, and rightfully so. And, and her game has just progressed. And I was actually watching some highlights, not only from uh, this game that we're talking about now, but as there were plenty of them. But um, <laughs> also going back to the WNBA and just kind of seeing her grow over time. I mean, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And you know, she certainly helped power them. And also, it's good to see Beck Allen um, in the mix. And you know, after her um after her kind of journey twists and turns so happy for her um, yeah. you know to see her contribute
2: yeah and she shot the lights out as well right fall from sex from yeah, she, absolutely one, i think acts. and yeah so yeah they certainly
1: and, yeah. stepped up yeah seeing with lj i am not too surprised to see lauren being rested a little bit more mm-hmm. um just kind of throughout because obviously you know she's got a lot coming up and you know should the elbows move forward Um, you know, they'll definitely want to reserve her for Paris. Yes, definitely. Should it be appropriate in the uh, WNBL, which I do want to give WNBL a shout out, especially the Sydney Flames because on the 18th, so not this coming weekend, but the next, they're actually packing the queue um, for Southside Flyers. And so no doubt um, that, you know, the Flyers will want LJ for that. So, um, yeah, part of those measures to keep her on the bench. But the nice thing about the Opals is that they've got a lot of depth
2: yeah i mean they're australian's national team they're always going to be pretty dominant and you only have to, to be top three in the pool is that right so I know, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah they're probably pretty pretty confident with a win you know that they can i think they're going to be able to carry that momentum over and i think the great thing about having these kind of scrappy games early is that you just have so much to learn straight away um and you can kind of see from even with the new zealand china game which we'll obviously get to soon like you can just tell it was the first game, you know, you're still adjusting to a new environment, like a new crowd, um, new rims, like all of that, and then learning to play with like a newer team as well. So I think the first games are bound to be a little bit scrappy and messy, um, but I feel like the only way to go from here is up. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I
0: think one, one of the key points is the fact that quite often, um, particularly for Australia and New Zealand, the teams don't get a lot of time to practice together before they head off for those yeah. international competitions.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Like China has two to three weeks preparation time, and it, you know that's their reality. And it's great, and, and the other countries who have that capability to practice together, you know, in the whites of New Zealand, you know, just with different factors happening, that's not really an option. Sometimes Australia, that's not an option. But the nice thing is, is the Australians what they've done is, you know, you've seen players, you know, you got Lauren Jackson's, you got the Kayla George's, you've got the Ezzie's, but then Sammy Wick comes along with Smith, the ones who have been experienced and of course test, but then you fold in, you know, you're going to see like the lights of Jade Melbourne and some of the younger ones. So they have mm-hmm. enough to kind of offset mm-hmm. um, and kind of figure out how to work together. And they've played together before, as opposed to New Zealand, which uh, like mine said, we'll get to it's tough as, you know, last minute a lot of stuff happened that there's gonna be a lot of new people on that team that yeah you know international basketball at the senior level is not what they know
2: no and this
1: is their first row around so
2: um you know I think
1: Australia does have that working in favor for them
2: yeah 100% and I think with the New Zealanders like without a really young and experienced te- team and like with youth comes just like a lack of physicality and like able to, like, make decisions at a really quicker pace. So, obviously, like, their first time on that international stage against someone as physical as China is just super difficult. And then, you know, the only experience a lot of their even older players are getting, like, Ezra and Sean and stuff, is, like, only a small burst in the WNBL. Some of them aren't even playing that much. So, like, you know, it's difficult for them to kind of go from such a small role to then, like, having to input a lot, you know, against a really good team. And I think, I mean, like, they did really well, but it's just, like, Sometimes that's just the, the tough reality of it. I think it's probably good. I mean, I think the China
1: game was never going to be pretty. Yes. And so it's probably good. You know, like you have said, Maya, the first game, different rooms, you're t- different setup, you're still feeling it out. Yeah. The first game is bound to be strappy. Mm. And so probably just as well that um, probably the hardest game for the tall ferns was going to be the yeah, first man. one <laughs> that works <laughs> out. Probably, in a way, probably nicely put that behind him, take the learnings, and then move on. Yeah. Um, But I guess now, I guess, probably an appropriate time to segue
2: into the (laughs) night that was. (laughs) This is is a hard one to talk about. Yeah, 47-94 loss. Um, I I was was up pretty late because, obviously, it's a a late game New Zealand time. So it was about 1 a.m. at halftime, and we were down by about 20 or 30. So I I slowly started to doze off heading into the third quarter because it was... It's obviously just hard watching your nation go down like that and I actually have a couple of couple of friends in the team, so it's a bit hard to like watch that happen to them. Um, but and I mean, yeah, like you said, they, they gave their best go, but just the China team is extremely talented, like second in the world. And we didn't have four of our five starters from Asia Cup, so it's just like
1: It's I mean what do you do, right? And it's yeah. one of the, and is brutal, I think, and from what I because I, I spoke to McKenna Dale earlier today um through media availability and she said you know honestly like we the men sounds like the men the mindset's still pretty good um mm-hmm. and as it should be here's the thing i mean the situation they find themselves in was to no fault of their own. it was just a really bad stroke of luck yeah um, obviously feeling terribly for charlise panina you know i know crystal's out with personal reasons and there's a bunch you know talia who's rehabbing so it just, the timing for in, any time for injury is never going to be the right time. Yeah. 100%. Now, this one's definitely unfortunate. Yes. And, but I got to say, I really give credit. And I try and, I'm trying to see it through the lens of, okay, yeah, this is not the tournament you probably want to be dealing with this. But at the same time, you know, talking about the debutants and, you know, someone like, you know, Polly, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, again, the call up and she got three minutes yesterday. And she what, 16? I mean, yeah. this is the time I think is also seeing that. You know, New Zealand is. Yes, we need those players who are experienced, but at the same time, it's good to have the younger ones come through and get that experience. Because how else are you going to get that experience? Yeah, down the line, if you don't do it now.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like terrifying, but I think the best way to do it is just throwing them in the deep end. Like Lauren Whittakers eighteen, freshly eighteen, and she was on the starting five, and yeah, she, that's that's so like, cool. she was. I know I saw her out there. I was like, "Is that Lauren?" But um, like. <laughs> She's she was perfectly fine and and she was going up against some of the best bigs in the world. Like Johanna is six foot nine, and yeah. like one of the best bigs probably I've ever seen in women's basketball. And then they had Yui Roo Lee, who's also six seven and is in the WNBA. And Lauren's just just like eighteen, freshly out of New Zealand. And it's like, but what? And I've
1: like, too so exactly. she kind of i mean she obviously you know had this high school season to prepare but
2: yeah but like, so like what what be the way to learn you know like um, and she's unlike
1: anyway. some plus like ezra and mckenna and retoria even someone like retoria they've had wmbl experience because yeah. they're with bendigo and so they've had some time to make an impact there yeah and so those two you know so they've had that level lauren hasn't had that yet
2: yeah
1: but you know basketball that borders and she's done and abroad and she's been highly recognized for some global camps but you know nothing compares you to the lesson that you're going to learn against those WNBA players and then you know I yeah. can only imagine what she was feeling when she stepped out there um, but how, how good though and what a story she is
2: yeah 100% and I think I just appreciate the way she kind of took it to them and then obviously Palace coming on youngest tall for an ever um, yeah. Palace is extremely like um, talented in her own right but She's just still only 16 years old and she's also quite short, which is, you know, that's, that's brutal truth, but, like, the reality of it is that if you are a smaller player at an international level, like, it is, like, 10 times harder fun. for you just, just, you know, in that effect. So, you know, the fact that she was, like, maintaining some of the hardest pressure from China's starting point guard at 16 years old is, like, ridiculous. But now she's going to a World Cup with her team in July and she'll eventually probably be going to college and maybe playing professional. So it's, like, if you have a taste of that when you're younger, like you actually are, way more equipped to deal with it as it comes. If she
1: does not go to college, I will be stunned. And yes, I, you know, yes. my prediction is, like, if she doesn't go to college, you'd probably be like a development player in WNBL or something. Yeah, like that. I, I think I think you're it's not Yeah, she's one of those. It has to be one of those two options. But she and the thing is, she's just so composed. And yeah. what I think, what's been so fascinating for me about her is that, at the end of the day. Youngest, tall for never. you know, there are all these, I guess if you will, labels put on her, and now she's earned everything that she has, but she's still this humble kid from Hawks Bay, mm-hmm. the humble kid from Taronga Girls College, and she's just yep. the 16-year-old. Yeah. And like you said, when, you know, to have that pressure at that age from a team that's second in the world for a reason, yeah. it's, um, you know, I just, the composure was phenomenal from her, and... You know, obviously, a guy had said, you know, he's seen her through Toey and she, you know, she's youth player of the uh, the season for a reason. So, yeah. um, you know, I think again yeah, just spotlights how good that the league has done some good there, mm-hmm. um, among the other things. But yeah, she was definitely it was. I was happy to see her, you know, get to make that debut.
0: I just wanted to ask you something. Um, given the 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 crowd, I mean, let's face it, it it's it was probably the single most parochial crowd you could ever be playing in front of. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, you know, we the, the Tolphins had a, a very young team. How do you think playing in front of a, 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 an audience like that is going to help build character for those younger players? That's a good I question.
2: Think, I think, yeah, I think once you've kind of, like it sounds, it's it's ter- probably terrifying. I mean I've never experienced it myself, so no clue what it actually feels like. But kinda of once you experience like like the utmost, like craziest crowd, you can kinda of probably deal with anything else. Like I know that, like, from personal experience with Palace and Lauren Whitaker, I know that they're pretty like um, like adaptable. Like I know that they kind of just go out there and get after it. So I, I imagine once they checked in they'll probably just like just play playing basketball, but you know, like, they're now probably equipped to, to play a lot of basketball and not be phased by the crowds because, like, once you've seen the worst of it, nothing else is kind of a surprise.
1: <laughs> and, see, the resilience factor is probably a key part in that team. And, if anything, New Zealand is resilient. And yeah. that's, I think, a lot of the character traits of what those players are and who come into the program, they are resilient like my said, adaptable. Mm. And because just, I mean, the way that they're switched on is, like, once you check once they check in it's you know they're locked in and they're going to do whatever they can and lauren also yeah. said she was really composed um you know and she was going up against some of the like you said WNBA players and i just look at her like wow i, I don't know how you can i know that. that's uh i mean again like she held she played 27 minutes against the kahu last season and yeah. held her on there so you know a good warm-up to that yeah but yeah, all the results
2: I think adaptability is probably the best word for this team. Like, they obviously, like, really struggled, like, two from 21 from the three-point line, shot 30%, turned the ball over 20 times. Like, and the height the height disadvantage meant that China just had so many um, second-chance opportunities. But, like, you learn so much from that. And I think probably the hardest thing for Guy Loy would have been, like, uh, Charlize runs the offense, you know, and she's just so, like, she can handle pressure. She's just a floor general. And then Panina just... Gives you that inside presence, and she's got so much experience. And then Crystal is the same thing, she's such a good facilitator. And then Talia can just shoot the lights out. So that's like four key parts of your offense that you probably structure a lot of the things around. And then all of a sudden, he loses one, and then he loses another. And then, like, you know, the, the last minute drop out of Charlize means he's had to like reach. had to be like so adaptable which is you know like a, a young squad obviously the results weren't quite there but like the learnings are incredible from that
1: what I'm interested to see down the road is if they put McKenna Dale in because she didn't play last night but her, yeah, she wasn't her even all. no she didn't and she is a fast player and she likes to shoot the lights out so yes. that's her style of play as people who have watched her have seen so I am Anxious to see what that might look like, I'm going to assume that they brought her here for a reason. They're going to bring her in down the road. It sounds like that guy has a master plan that, understandably, they're not giving up yet. Um, so yes. I'm going to, I would, I, but I'm going to hope to assume that probably tomorrow or, and or Sunday we'll see McKenna um, and kind of see where she fits in. But it sounds like she said that there's um, her role. I mean, she's very, she said from what she told me was, she she handles the ball a lot at Bendigo because that's kind of the role that they put her in. And now that Crystal and some of the ball handlers for the Telferns aren't available, um, you know her skills are going to be put to use. So yes, that's going to be I think an added strength.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think because she's six foot, she kind of brings a little bit of an edge over other point guards because she's yeah, a, bit, yeah. a bit of an oversized point guard. Whereas like you know Palace and um, Taylor are on the other side of the spectrum. So. Um, and honestly, like, we could do with some three-point shooting, so it'd be nice to see the injection of her to get a couple, and, um, yeah, I think, like, I'm, this will definitely not be her last two friends appearance. No, before... She's just gone skyrocket
1: it's just just been amazing to see I mean she Mm. hasn't she's not new to international basketball I think that's what people maybe don't realize is that yeah she was a junior for in 2018 so she's she's traveled with New Zealand before now given that she grew up majority in the United States it's of course you know it's going to be harder she's not going to probably represent them at age group level as much if at all because she's over there Mm. um but yeah now it's she definitely she belongs in there um she just performs and she hustles and um, as Joe Lavell said, called lag free basketball." She just kind of, yeah. she just goes for it, and the thing is, she'll she'll make a shot, but then she'll be at the end of other end of the floor by the yeah. time somebody gets the rebound. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would imagine that some three point shooting will be welcome in the yes. coming days.
2: And I think I think just like yeah, like you said, her upward trajectory is just just starting. Like she had just a breakout season with the fire. I mean, her first game hit eight triples. Against the Fly Guy, <laughs> and then like
1: everyone's going to be remembering that, whether they yes, would yeah. be inclined to or not, probably.
2: Indeed, yeah. And then just like, you know, the way that she's just gone upwards, like had such a great season with the FI, like three to three Cup. I remember we were choosing the MVP because I was commentating at the tournament, and like, you know, the only reason she couldn't get MVP was just because of her, her, like where her team's placing was. You know, like she didn't place as high as, you know, but like we were like, I was fine tooth and nail to get her to be MVP just because that's how dominant she was. You know, like, she's just so hard to stop. And then all of a sudden she gets a, a DP spot at Bendigo. And it's like, she just made so much growth in a year. Like, imagine what she can do in the next two to three.
1: Yeah, she was, you know, she. I'm sure she's going to be great. And, you know, it seems like – because now she's well, she's also got um, Paulus, but then also Amy West who yes. is back in the team – Uh, She's been out for a couple years, but she has played for New Zealand before, so that you know, so she's been she was teammates with them. So there's a little bit of familiarity there amongst the um, probably a little bit of a different fray than people might have expected.
2: Mm, Yeah, hundred percent. And it's nice to see Zoe Richards back in the back in the mix again. Yeah, Yeah, no, it
1: was great to see her. Um, Yeah, really proud of her and what she's done. And she's definitely I mean her season with the Huiho this year mm. definitely you know she definitely improved a lot.
2: Yeah, she took a huge leap from the twenty twenty two season to the twenty three season. She was a really key part of that Huiho season kinda of all season long. Like um, you know, her scoring took it absolute stride. Like she was so hard to stop. Yeah, last, she was last season.
1: Yeah, she was really tough to guard and if she has the ball, I wouldn't want to would try and mark her as best I could. Let's
2: get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way.
1: Um, I was thinking her season in Europe. I think, you know, that definitely helped her being, taking yeah. that import role in Luxembourg and then coming back. And, you know, I was just paying dividends for her now.
2: Mm. 100%. So, and oh, go ahead, Lyndon. I oh can't no, you go. go. <laughs> you go. Um, the other person I was surprised at as her uh, 5x5 debut was Sean Rabati. I was just about I'd, to say that. Yeah, I just, I... For some reason, I just had assumed that she'd been in the squad before that. Time. I thought
1: she went on tour like so. It was 2022, like when they did that tour in October to play the WNBL teams. I thought Sharon was part of that. Now I could have been wrong. Um, I know she was okay. part of the. She's been part of three three. We know that. Yeah. So, but I think whatever this is definitely. Yeah, I'm surprised it's her first time.
2: Yeah, putting up curious. online tour like this. Yeah, I'm. I would have. Thought I thought we would have seen her earlier in the squad, but nonetheless, like, it's, it's super cool now. She's kind of, I guess, I guess 3x3 is still probably considered, like, a, 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 the lower tier out of, you know, 3x3 and 5x5. 5 5. Like, right now, cool yeah. she's she's made that 3x3 team and now made the jump to 5x5. I think it's it's cool that she's kind of made that transition and been able to play both. And see, it was Lauren Hippolyte, too. Yeah.
1: Because we're seeing Lauren a lot on the 3 on 3 circuit. Yeah. And so, you know, her and Sharn um you know they certainly and they play five on five with polakai mm-hmm. um and but see three on three is a very different style than five on five so i think yeah. it says a lot about them if they're able to be adaptable to use the word that you put before and then just kind of be able to yo-yo um and ezra's on three on three as well so yeah there's a multitude of experience
2: um, Israa Goldrick, by the way, Ooh, last she's night. So good, man. Yeah, she's just. She, it was her night last night. Top performer.
1: She's definitely also been one of the ones that has been on an upward trajectory, and mm. I can't like the ceiling for her is pretty high. Like I yeah. can't. I she's gonna be playing for a long time.
2: Yeah, I agree, and she's just genetically blessed as well. Like just super long and Athletic. really good athlete. So like she has that natural advantage, and now she's really growing into her game as a shooter. Um, and then, you know, developing guard skills. So, I mean, but I think last year for the Paukai, we had her one-game guarding Chrislyn Carr, who, by the way, is quite short. So, you know, it just shows Ezra's versatility and she's really stepping into that role. And um, obviously her first year with the fire and the Toei, he didn't probably perform as well as she probably would have liked, but just had a really good season with the Paukai and was one of our best players.
1: Yeah, she did really well. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to ask, you know, given what, you know, the, the the Tawihi over the last couple of seasons and the development just from the regular play that, that New Zealand athletes are getting, do you think that's making um, more of a difference in terms of international competition? Um, I mean, look, they played number two in the world, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, and they're tall. There's a lot of tall timber in that yes. team, so you know. I mean, a lot of people look at that the headline score and go, "Yeah, that you know that that's a, a terrible performance." But I think if you balance it out over the fact that you did that, New Zealand didn't have a full squad. There were a lot of young players. There were height mismatches. Um, if you if you take it from that perspective and you look at the development that's occurred with Taoehi. What do you guys think is is like the potential for the squad that that's in China at the moment over the next three to four years?
2: Great question. <laughs> um Absolutely. well I think that the Taoehi like league standard has again like in twenty twenty three just took a major leap. So like the the standard across all the five teams was really, like, high, and there was, you know, the imports were pretty high-level imports. I think we had a couple first-round WNBA draft picks, um, and then a couple of, you know, pretty, like, Tess Magden is a really good example. She's a, an absolute Aussie staple legend. So, like, the standard of the league was really good, which means all of these girls that are playing in the Toehi League are improving at that rate. Like, and I think it was, like, a whole, you know, because the league is so good, everyone improved in that way, and that's probably the reason why... Um, McKenna Dowell has made this team and like Lauren and Pally can go out there and handle the pressure because they've had this experience playing in a really good league already back home. Um, same with Ezra and Shan. Like Ezra like really developed herself this season and that's probably why she's, A, earned herself a spot on the starting five, but B, actually performed at that level. Like I think they're just, now they've gotten a really good experience home in actually a really high standard le- league that has also helped them get other opportunities like Ezra, Sean, McKenna, Rottoria going overseas. Um, yeah. so now they're really preparing themselves for the world stage as opposed to before Toei, like the New Zealand Women's League was pretty average and so they really didn't have anything to play against throughout the year that would prepare them for anything else international? Yeah, they they really it
1: just opened the gateway, I think. Yeah, what um, I was saying like you know, you get the – it's nice because you do have the top-tier imports and Tess certainly coming in was phenomenal. When Ash Taya was able to come in, I was like, she made an impact. Like, they're just raising the bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not only – obviously, WNBA drafted players and the ones who are playing there. It's It means a lot, and there's a lot of experience to be gained from that. But, you know, just as well to have the others. But, you know, you only – you get better if you surround yourself with people who are better than you. So, yeah. um, you know, it just – it gives them a platform to do that the a space to actually you know they want to put in the work like Ezra and you know you think you know we've seen Terrar take a leap. Yeah. Ezra that's you know that that's what the league does and yeah. it just gives them a further foundation to do that and it's you know I think also in turn it's good for the Aussies and for the those coming in because you know they learn off of some of those so um and you know, like you said Maya you know we see others getting probably more WNBL spots even if they are development players. Yeah. um and they're actually getting it seems like Kennedy was intentional with who he brought, mm-hmm. because it seems like Ezra certainly making an impact. Let's so let like Dale has taken full advantage of her opportunities, and you know Retoria is getting in there too. So yeah. there's you know like they're not just sitting. Yeah, there's stuff happening there, and so they're getting that experience, and you know they have got some pretty high quality players on that spirit team. So mm. it's um, you know it just all pays off dividends.
2: You actually mentioned the name Tadari. We haven't really even talked about her today. But, I was,
1: she played 33 minutes yesterday. Yeah,
2: and she was the second top scorer. And yeah. she has, like, talking about Toeihi like, raising the standard. Like, from year one, she was already impressive in year one, but year two, just incredibly hard to guard, hard to stop. And now she's not only with the Boomers, but playing really well with the Boomers. And I think yeah. it's, again, like, another example of, like, she just really found herself in the Toehi League, which – Meant that she found another opportunity to play in the WNBL, which again prepares you so much more to go play at an international level, you know. And I just think, like, yeah, I, I don't know why we haven't spoken about her yet, but she's she's been really impressive.
1: I mean, rightfully so. I mean, Ezra, she was a powerhouse last night, and so she deserves mm-hmm. a lot of airtime. I mean, Tara. I mean, here's the thing: she's going to be a workhorse no matter what. Yeah, and she's been around. The nice thing with her is that she's been around the New Zealand programs enough, so she's a becoming one of those staple players i reckon yeah um and so it's nice that you know despite kind of you know the shakeup, i'll call it trying to keep it positive for what's happened here to have to have someone like Tara in that in the position where she understands okay you know to, you know her Taylor, you know they some others they're coming back from the asia cup so they understand that yeah so see, and so and also like retoria i mean she played against china the last time yeah so yeah, these they've seen them before, and um, yeah, but Terada just kind of helps hold it down, and I think she's kind of one of those blue, blue players, and so I can't, you know, I she's gonna have another long, another one with a long career.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, um,
1: yeah, no, just she seems to be playing. You know, she's just happy, and she's she's playing her style of basketball, and you know, she just looks like she's having fun with it. So, yeah, I'm really happy for her.
2: And I think that's a huge thing. Like, it, it still obviously is the the top national women's team for new zealand but they all just seem to still be having fun like if you follow their social media and everything like their media day looks fun like you know it's just like and i saw ross she posted a picture like posted a post on instagram sorry and just like you know she's just like this this environment is awesome you know it's just like that really is true like it is a professional environment and the best in the world of its kind but same like you still need to have fun and really love it and you know i think especially for us at home having that engagement as well like it's still at the end of the day we watch and love basketball because we enjoy it you know it's I pivotal
1: that, i think and yeah. i mean it's one of those things where new zealand does that well and i mean one i'm so glad you brought up rashi um if those who don't know rashi you got to get on and see her on the instagram right away because she is one of the most phenomenal people and photographer she's both she's the rare who's got both and um yeah, I just want to send a big shout out to her. She and I love, love, love that Basketball New Zealand was able to get her over there to actually follow the ferns around and capture the special moment because like you said, Miami, like for those at home and in New Zealand, like, you know, we want to see that. Mm. And how also how can people expect to understand what's going on or maybe even appreciate it more if you don't see that in like the jersey presentation? I mean, little moments like that, just watching them. I mean, their personalities come through. Yeah. And, you know, it just looks like they're having fun. And a team like New Zealand, you know, it the stakes are obviously high and they want to achieve for the country and they want to bring, you know, there's a lot of pride for them. So they're always good. They're going to work hard no matter what. But they're, you know, they just have a lot of fun. Yeah. And they love playing with each other. And they've play, most of them have played with each other before or on he teams together. So it's just a good mix. Mm. And so it's just I don't know, it's just for the love of the game. But yeah. they're also doing; they have a job to do, and they know that.
2: Mm. And but
1: I they're think they're not going to give up.
2: Being able to she's see funny. all that content, like especially Roshi's, she's just extremely talented with that. Like
1: she's the best, yeah.
2: Roshi's portfolio on Instagram, go check it out. Check her she's, out, man. She's, she's there. And if you ever um, see
1: her around the games, you come to New Zealand, which everybody should. um If you see her game, like, she is the friendliest human.
2: She is the best. Like,
1: I mean I, I put her like Maya and Roshi are like my two favorite humans in New Zealand.
2: Get out. Yeah, I'm real <laughs> seriously
1: though. Like they, if you want welcoming people, you those are your two. But Roshi oh. she does create a ton of content and yeah. um you know, she just does what the game desperately needs.
2: Yes. And I think in this day and age as well, like obviously social media's got such a, a chokehold on our society and like that's the way that we engage with like, you know, the people that we look up to and um yeah how we follow things and I think a really big part of like seeing the tall friends is not just seeing box score and results but is seeing like the behind the scenes stuff like you said and like I think you know for young girls that are watching on like you know having aspirations to make a tall friends team to see that these guys are, are just like them in the way that they're funny and silly and they like to dance and like it's like that environment is actually something that you really want to aspire to be in rather than just like seeing them perform on the world stage like I think that's really, really important in now, like the digital age. One hundred
1: percent, and side change, but one of the probably the coolest things was actually Rashi made. We were talking; she had an impromptu decision to actually come over and join for the Asia Cup. Yeah, um, and she came over and did
2: sleep on your floor or something.
1: No, she did not. know it all worked out. But she, I convinced her to come over, and she, she uh, but she did. I am so glad she did. And she, yeah, worked and she provided man, like that content yeah, it was. A plus 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 plus, and I mean I know guys, I know we're hyping her up, but she's worth it. Um, and she just, and it was good because more than that, like the fact that New Zealand got that content because she was able to go over there, hmm. and I was just so thankful that she did. And to have another advocate like she is is phenomenal. And um, you know, also it's obviously we want people to see, you know, like the, the I think one of the great things about New Zealand and the Australians too is that they're relatable. But these mm-hmm. people like can't see it if you don't show it. Yeah. But also, is so cool too, is that in New Zealand to see someone like Rashi go out and take these photos, and then she can also show that hey, like you can also be involved in different ways. Yeah. And you know, you can be photographing stuff. You can be doing. But you know, she's maybe really talented. But this is you can be part of the sport too. Mm. And so she's also a really good example of that. And so she's she's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But when she's able to do all the, when she's able to do New Zealand stuff. It is. You know, it's just bringing a ton of value for the country yeah. and for the federation. So, I'm really, really happy for her, and was, just yeah, shout out to her.
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, from your perspective, how do you think having all that material um, for the fans helps to keep people engaged? Because normally, let's be honest, the international competition, by its very nature, means you don't get a lot of a lot of kind of ad hoc content coming out it's it's kind of handled and it's it's processed Mm. right but being able to have some of that more raw content um and particularly for New Zealand because you know let's be honest basketball internationally for New Zealand hasn't Mm. been great in the past so being able to have that that sort of stuff available for everybody to look at you think that helps people connect with the national team more
1: i it's so funny that you it's interesting that you say that because i look back on it now like five years later and i kind of am stunned at the trajectory it's taken but actually the first team i ever saw with any of these women was a Toll ferns which i think is really unusual to your point paul like the international content isn't really there and so But I also... But I've somehow found these players relatable and I was half a world away. And so, I think, it's from my perspective, from somebody who's lived through that, it's so important Mm. because, you know, it's just one more way to show everybody that, you know what, they're human too. Yeah. And they haven't had this insane talent for sport and, you know, but they're also doing different things outside of that. And because the way New Zealand, the system is set up, you know, it's just, it's important to spotlight and... So just having that content, even just having time, availability for media to come in and talk to them, just because the international, it just should be covered more. I think naturally in places like the USA, China, Europe is going to be probably covered more so than other places, but, you know, the social media part, especially because that's where so many people are connecting. If you want fans, you got to bring them in and mm-hmm. you have to show them and they're going to, it's the people that the fans are going to connect with not as i mean maybe looking up the sports side of it which is great too but um you know because these women are so much more than just basketball players but they are obviously basketball players as well so definitely important it's been great to have that content available to us
2: mm-hmm. so
1: we can engage with it and share it and you know just spread the word
2: yeah like i think you just you know as kiwis you probably when you're seeing the content of them just being like they're authentic self you see of a reflection of yourself as well which means you feel very much connected to them um, and to feel connected to like the national team of a sport that you love is like a really cool feeling and it's more than just like you know if you open the Basque museum on Instagram and you see you know a total and like the summary of the box score and the in the caption you don't feel like very connected or anything but you feel like you're connected to these people and see the authentic version of themselves on a platform that like the whole country can see, then you know that they are just being real and vulnerable and that like what makes you want to engage with them. And I think you know, the like, media has done a really good job, especially like the Instagram and stuff, just like really promoting the tool firms and like the engagement with that has been really good, which means like there are heaps of people staying up at 12am just to watch them get their butts spanked by China, which is like, you know, that's that's really a cool experience nationally that people want to engage with them. You know, even at a really tough time like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, looking at it from thirty thousand feet, if you're watching, yeah, you know, you, hopefully people will watch it because they care more about they care about the players. Obviously, basketball is a driving factor, but at the end of the day you want the people to stick with you and still believe even if, you know, things don't go as planned.
0: Yes. And
1: the thing with social media is is now it seems like they're basketball New Zealand and others are starting to invest more into it because the thing is, is it just doesn't happen out of the air. So Mm. you have to want to put production behind that. And sometimes that means putting funding behind it, but it's an investment worth doing. And it's going to pay off dividends because about the people you're going to reach and who you're going to inspire. Because at the end of the day, the high performance program, they obviously want to, you know, they want to get girls and women moving through there and, you know, performing to the best of their potential. But at the same time, you know, if you can inspire some others, even if they don't take it high performance down the road, like just get them into basketball,
2: yeah.
1: um, you know, that's also a good result. So it's just, it's just kind of the tools that they have to put it behind. buzzing, But they are doing a much better job. So like you said, Maya, um, you know, they're, you're, they're really us, utilizing that channel,
2: yeah. um,
1: which has been great.
2: Couldn't have said it a bit myself, London. <laughs> I'm, just reason.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of curious about, the way that um, you think that the, this team is going to be able to bounce back from the game and, and reset themselves. I mean, it, it's it's hard to to go through that, but I think it's it's also important for everybody on that team to to realise that you know they're young, they're inexperienced, and you know. Like we've said, they're up against number two in the world, and yet, you know, there was some there was some real great standout performances there. I'm just curious, how do you think that um, they should they should look at that performance and, and push themselves forward for the next game?
1: I think it kind of goes back to the resilience factor and the adaptability, and just you know that it's and that's also what the integrity and the character of the team, like you said earlier, because you know, what? it's, that's the sport it's life, you know, things are going to happen and it's going to blow up, but you know, you just have to put that behind you. Obviously guys, they're going to be in the locker room talking about the things that did not go well. And Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico is also a different team. So, and they also got thumped pretty hard by France. So I think it's going to be a, you know, both it's going to, it's going to be a contentious game, but I think they, it's going to be the mindset for them. And they, um, something that was really powerful that I heard McKenna say was, you know, we think about, um, you know, obviously we're missing some key players, but we understand that as a team that Talia, Panina, Charlize, Crystal, the likes of those and many others that they have paved this way for us.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was our responsibility to go out there and give it everything we've got. Yeah. And I think that's a, mo- and she said, that's a motivating factor for them right now is that she says we want to, we want to honor them and what their contributions and we want to just carry that forward. So you know, I, I think there's going to be a never-see-die mentality and they're, they're going to be ready. It doesn't sound like they're dwelling too, too much. I think that you have to a little bit just to make sure you correct the errors, but yeah. outside of that, because, you know, there was probably more than they would have liked, but um, you know, they're going to be ready. I have no doubt that their mindset tomorrow is going to be refreshed and ready to go and locked in, just as it would have been at the start of yesterday.
2: I agree, and I think, like, the reality is that probably they knew they were never going to win that China game, so... I don't think that there was probably a whole feeling of disappointment because, like, you know, a full strength number two ranked team in the world versus a very much under strength and low ranked team. Like, I don't think they had like I think their realistic expectations was okay. This game is likely not going to be a win. Um, so you know, you're not you're not feeling like you're you're not feeling like that. You know, the cheer from has been pulled out from underneath of you. You know, and I feel like that's a, probably a big. A big factor is why they can just really bounce back because they're like, in those kind of games, you just, like I've had this perspective as a coach where you're like, okay, the likelihood of winning this game is quite low, but what kind of things can be our points of emphasis so that we know that we've had these small wins? Um, and I think watching them, like they played some really nice offense, um, like they just really struggled against the height. Obviously, you've got someone six foot ten standing in the key, like what can you do? But um, I think like they created quite a lot of good looks that you can probably be happy with. And then obviously, like, we got Palace in and um, Amy got some minutes in. And, um, you know, you could tell that there are just still small wins even just within that. And obviously, there are a lot of things to work on. Like, they need to be able to stop turning the ball over to give China, like, 40 points in trans And, like, the, the offensive rebounds is also a bit of a struggle because the height difference, um, you know, like... Um, but I think as they settle into the tournament and kind of adapt to the environment and also... Um, start to play a little bit easier teams. I think, like they can probably just be encouraged with the small wins they got got against China, and now they can continue to build again. You know, I don't feel like they're going to be really feeling it too hard. No, I, like, I really like what you
1: said, Maya. I think it's one of those things where, you know, the turnovers were not going to be around much, but that, those were terrible. And yeah. you know, you just no no team can get away with that, and it's about to to win to put it bluntly. Um, yeah. So that's and. I would, like you said, the height disadvantage was definitely prominent, um, especially nice. when trying to drive the boards, but you know, like you said, though, but especially for a team like New Zealand, you have to think about what success looks like, and yes, they're not, they they went in probably, not, yeah, it's likely not going to go well, and we understand that, but we're still going to, again, we're not going to become lazy and we're not going to do, you know, this, that, or whatever. We're going to still do everything we can, but there are a lot of small wins in that, and um, mm-hmm. like, like Mike said, There were some really good looks, and you know there are people getting minutes and getting that, getting that time in. So, yeah, I think overall, I mean, whether while the stat line was not pretty, um, but there was, you know, there are some good things, and I, I just, I'm not discouraged whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think my hope, my take home message, hopefully for a lot of people, is that don't, don't count them out yet, and don't, you know, just it's not all it's not this is not it's just one game i mean it's a pivotal game but it's one game and there's time to bounce back so i mean that being said the puerto rico game tomorrow is crucial yes and france is probably going to be tough as well but um you know it's it's not all doom and gloom
2: yes i agree and i think
1: they
2: have yeah about a day and a bit to recover midnight midnight I have got a bit confused with the whole midnight thing, and I always get confused <laughs> which day that actually means. <laughs> but I believe it's midnight, the start of Sunday New Zealand time. Yeah,
1: this is back what happens when world. you live in this part of the world. Yeah. Oh, just like, <laughs> the, 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 the timing gets a little... A little today? <laughs> I
2: don't know. Um,
0: so, it, yeah. Yeah. Look, as as we're getting into the the back end of our of our live pod, I wanted to ask you guys. Let let's sit down and play everyone's favourite game, oh. right? Which is, let's let's think about what's going through the coach's head. Ooh, right! It, it's everyone's favourite game. Um, look, I mean, obviously, guy would have been disappointed, right? Yeah. Because you know, coaches don't coach to lose.
2: By 50 as well. Right.
0: But, you know, based off what you guys saw of the game, what do you think um, Guy will be thinking about for Puerto Rico?
2: (laughs) Well, Puerto Rico Rico. is, yes, hmm. Um, they are still quite a good team. They are ranked 12th Um, um, by FIBA. They got to the quarter final stage of the twenty twenty two World Cup, which is actually a really impressive feat. Like, you know, we've actually we did we weren't there at all. So the fact that they got to the quarterfinal stage is really impressive and I know they have a um Gerantes, I think, is their um, was their leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading person in assists and leading in efficiency per game. So they've got someone that's really talented. Um, and they've got another girl that's about six foot four. Who is second leading in points, assists, and rebounds? So, it, it's a tough challenge for them. Um, but I think, like again, their offense I thought against China was actually quite nice, and they've kind of adapted to a style of play that really fits them. Um, so, yeah. if you run your style of play and you're making the right reads and right decisions, and you have your scorers getting into the key, like I don't think there's much more that you can do. I think it'll come down to um, being able to secure the ball. Like they had a 20 turnovers. I remember at halftime I think China had scored 20 points off of turnovers. Um, and that was only half time so I imagine that doubled by the end of the game. Um, and that's just being able to disallow second chance opportunities. I mean like the, at the end of the day, basketball's about who can score most points. So if you you know give the other team the least amount of opportunities, you know disallow turnovers and second chance opportunities, I think they could have a pretty good shot but you just never know like it's just that, that's the beauty of these kind of tournaments as you just never know. I mean,
1: Puerto Rico has. I think, believe according to their website, the tallest one is six four. Yeah. So the height is probably a little bit more manageable, and I think their shortest is five one. So it's going to be. It's definitely a different, um, a different landscape than what last night was. Um, yes. But yeah, no, it's like you said, Maya. It's all about who can score the most points, and you know, just limiting the turnovers, and mm-hmm. if you can convert the mistakes into opportunities to score, just
2: yeah, be on at all times. And I think for both teams, this is obviously a must-win game because whoever wins this game will be able to advance to the next stage. Because, I mean, this is assuming that Puerto Rico will lose to China. Right. Which I, you can probably confidently say that China's probably going to finish top of that pool. Probably. <laughs> 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 what, what makes you say that? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe just I can't lady, know why. Six foot ten and she didn't miss a shot last night, so. <laughs> I kind of, like, honestly, I'm, Didn't go bold.
1: China, France, and I'm just going to go with it. New Zealand. Love it. it I believe it's going to happen.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, You obviously got to say, I'm not, I'm never going to bet Puerto Rico over New Zealand 100%. No. I I believe we can really do it. And I think a lot of things will be sleeping on us too because they're like, well, if you look at,
1: there's a, FIBA did a couple of articles before this tournament and they said the underdog and they put New Zealand. So, And I totally agree. Like, it's, um, I think Charlotte's is also part of that equation. But just because that is, that that factor's not necessarily there right now, it doesn't mean that there's any less chance that they can do well. So don't, I think I, hopefully the teams have scouted them well enough that they understand, you know what? New Zealand's good. And there is a lot to be said for them. And they are not a, they're not just a bunch of scrubs. Like, there is, there is a lot of talent there and there's a lot of, Capability that you know, the people, team, teams actually have to watch out because if they don't, New Zealand's gonna capitalize on that. And if they, if they execute all those points well, New Zealand's gonna be fine,
0: yeah. And and like you said, um, in terms of scouting, because the New Zealand team has so many new players in it, yeah. it makes it harder to scout because yeah, they have to pull
1: so- like the highlights as they play to like they're gonna have to roll out, but which honestly, like sometimes the footage isn't. Probably as plentiful, yeah. Or as probably as much, or as good as probably as what they're used to seeing. Now, that's probably mm-hmm. that should just be the case. So, for those who they haven't played, it's going to be, um, you know, it's yeah, it's going to be is then definitely a different challenge as opposed to someone like it was Kalani Penne or Talia where they played before. Yeah, then they they can pull that easily. But some of these they haven't, so they might just come out of the box and surprise them.
0: Well, yeah, I mean a lot of those adjustments for those players that they really don't know a lot about are going to have to happen on, on happen side rather than, yeah. you know, having options thought out from the film.
2: Yeah. And I think like the, they can do the film from the China, doesn't probably give a good representation either. So, no. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have, they'll have clipped that and I'm um, using that as a scout, I imagine, but it's not going to really give a good picture. So that again, that is definitely an advantage. And I think, I honestly think that Lauren Whitaker could do some damage. Like I think, yeah, she's definitely good. Um, you know, she's she's close to six four, I think. So, you know, she's not going to be relatively like you know out out And then, you chuck you could you could be cheeky and chuck Rotorio on at the same time as her, and then you've got a you know a a double timber situation, and then that puts Puerto Rico in a bit of an uncomfortable position. So, I think guys going to just have to pull out all the stops this game, but I definitely think it's doable.
1: I feel like there's more options at this game than there was yesterday.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, and I think. There's more, there's more room to kind of pull tactical moves that can really get you ahead rather than against China. Like, like he put Pally on in the first quarter, and that's no disrespect to Pally, but that's kind of a sign. Like, he's just trying to get everybody in and playing. Like, yeah. you know, that they, they were. You know he wasn't obviously trying to win that game, but I think Puerto Rico is a game where he can really pull some tactical moves. Um, and he's Guy Malloy. He's just extremely smart and experienced. So. He's a
1: great basketball mind.
2: Yeah. He can yep, certainly so. pull some –
1: and he also, you know, worthy of saying that, you know, Jody Cameron, Leon Walker, and Mel Downer, who yep. are all great basketball minds, are on the bench with him as his
2: assistant. Exactly. So
1: yep. that collective, that knowledge group of basketball IQ within that team is pretty good. So um, I'll imagine that there's going to be some extensive, um, extensive stuff going on tomorrow.
2: I'm excited. I'm
1: nervous, but also very excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, as always, it's great having you on the show. It's great hearing about New Zealand, about the the Olympic qualifiers. And, you know, it's really just a few more months and you're starting to get into the run-up into the Taui League. Yeah. So it's been fantastic having you on. And obviously we're looking forward to connecting up with you guys again when we're talking more about uh, New Zealand hoops.
2: Yeah, it's always a pleasure.
0: Great. Thanks, guys.